This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. Eat it on a Sunday Avo. And what a glorious Avo it is. This sort of, this winter, this, this June time, this, this stillness, there's, there's beauty around. And uh, look across and, hey, Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well. I agree. What a crackerjack day it is out there. Well done, Melbourne. Pat yourselves on the back. <laughs> You've done well. Yes, good on you, weather gods. Um, I had um, got to say the joy of mm. coming up. Uh, I came up Royal Parade. Yes. Because uh, those who listen know that I live in the southern part of the town. Yes. Uh, head north to, uh, to do this so that at 12 o'clock, Matt and I can be sitting in our chairs and a red light comes on and bang. Boom. Um, it's on, but Royal Parade, my God, this Elm Line Boulevard of glory, um, fantastic light coming through. There's still colour, there's still leaves, yes. and you've got to say, hmm, I really like June, because you know what? What? The coldness hasn't worn us down. Yeah, <laughs> it's, quite still, it's still a little bit of a novelty to it, and there's some like, oh, wow, it's bracing, am I? I could do a braise tonight. And it is quite nippy out there, but if you find yourself... In the sun, it is gorgeous. Yes. Uh, big thanks to the scientists, as always. Welcome yes. to the afternoon. It is a delight to have you on the airwaves, no matter where you are. If you're in your kitchen cooking up something special, maybe you're still in bed with your feet under the, you know, under the dune again. you. All right, who's going to make the next cup of coffee? Yep. Um, or if you're driving out and about, I hope the traffic isn't too bad and whatever destination you are going to, you get to. Yes. In a safe manner. Um, we're going to get right through to it. Matt has said, come on. We're going to be snappy because we've got a lot on today. It's good. We've got a good show. Snappy. Um, uh, next to us, across from us, um, looking good. Rosalind Grundy will be on very soon. She's going to be the first cab off the rank. And uh, can't wait to have a chat to her. Um, followed then, we're going to be going... Well, we're going to go to the purveyors of... Fabulous vegan food yes. in uh, downtown Brunswick Street. Yes. Fitzroy, uh, 175 indeed. Smith and Daughters, um, Shannon and Mo, they're coming back. Yes. We thought we'd get them back because um, with this change of seasons, we thought we'd do something a little bit unexpected and say, okay, mm-hmm. it's winter. Warm my belly with that vegan food. What you got? Yes. See, what you got? Challenges See, issued. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey, what you got? Do your best. And they go, ha, ha, ha. I know those girls. They'll go, eh, how about this? And I'll go, wow. And they'll go, well, yeah, how about this? And we'll go, wow. Um, so here's an alternative um, for your weeks coming up as the weather goes colder. And um, also to mention that um, their book is fabulous, but we will talk about that. And Speaking of books, mm. um, we're surrounded by books. I want to do a What's That in Your Mouth in a sec. Yes. Coming from one of my favorite cookbooks, which I just seem to cook from all the time. Mm. Um, Smith and Daughters, as mentioned before, have uh, done an incredible book on, uh, on relating ve- to their the food that they in do. Vegan food, restaurant. yes, it looks great. And I guess what I'm trying to do is sort of say that here we are, 2017, the middle of the year, and it's not really that much of a big deal anymore, um, I say to you. To be, to be on your V-plates? Hey, on your V... <laughs> Boom. Yes. Two. No, of course it's not. On fire. We, um, we, uh, we love and embrace our vegetarian and vegan friends, and it's good to see um, an increasing number of options for them, even in... God, I hate to use this term. I'm going to use the air inverted commas. Air mainstream inverted. restaurants. Mainstream restaurants. As in restaurants not specifically designed to cater for them, but it's good to see some options uh, getting out there. Thank you very much. And mm. uh, last but not least, and gosh, we are so excited. Yes. The return. Triumphant into the studio. Digger. <laughs> See, letting that settle in. That's right. He's in the green room. Yes. He's got a cup of coffee. And he's got a book too, which is quite amazing. It's called The Urban Farmer. Yes. Um, using his real name, and we'll let him divulge that real name. I was going to say, for, for years and years, we referred to the man who used to co-host the show following us as Digger. Yes. He was one of the co-hosts of the Dirty Deeds program. Mm. Um 
And yeah, we're going we're gonna to tell you what his real name is. It kind of seems a bit weird. It does seem mm. a bit weird, but he's got an incredible book called The Urban Farmer. We're just going to catch up with him because we miss him. Yes. And it's a great looking book. Yes, indeed. Now, before we go anywhere, we need to do a special segment, yes. which we uh, sort of revised uh, last week. <laughs> and of course, it's called What's That, that in, in Your, your mouth? mouth? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. What is that in your mouth? Um, and I guess what we're trying to do is a little highlight of uh, what we've been cooking this week. Yes. Um, I was a little bit busy at the beginning of the week. Um, doing the Chef of the Year at Food Service Australia. Yes. Um, incredible. And you, had, uh, you had Dine with Heart on this week too, which I hear went very well. I did Palais. indeed. And then also the Bacoustor competition, which I was uh, <laughs> yes. part of. Bacoustor. That means Bacoust Gold, in case you, you didn't know. Um, and so I didn't really cook that much at home, but um, during the end of the week I certainly did. And... Um, there's been some alarming developments in the world, shall we say, and we'll just mm. leave it at that, shall yes. we? Just, just, yes. And um, I thought it's time for comfort food. Yes. And I pulled out one of my favourite books to just grab this recipe, and I refer to Adam's Big Pot, Easy Meals for Your Family, by Adam Lau. Yes. And um, this is – God, I love this book. Look at it. It's, it's so messy and – Staying now. It's but been well used. Kimchi fried rice, mm. folks, was the thing that I put in my mouth. A very, very simple dish. A little bit of planning ahead. You get the rice cooker, you cook your rice, you let yes. it cool, preferably overnight. Yes. Couldn't wait. Did it in the <laughs> afternoon. I went, look, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. But then it is pretty much this. What you do is you get your kimchi. You strain it off. You separate the um, the pickling liquid, should we call that? Yes. And the kimchi. Slice it up. Fry that. Pretty hard in a wok. Yes. Secret ingredient, butter. A uh, little bit of butter in there. And then what you do is you um, you add some spring onions to that. You then add the uh, the liquid. Mm. Um, and then you also use the Korean um, pepper paste, chili paste that they have, which has sort of got a little bit of rice flour, so it's a little bit glutinous. Right. Um, but gives a little bit, a bit more kick. So you need a, a quick trip to an Asian supermarket. Prior to the cook-off. I don't think you're going to find that in aisle seven at Woolworths. No. But the good thing is once mm. you get it, it will last. I remember pulling out some some of that paste that had been in the fridge for about two years, and it's a little bit tacky. Um, but, <laughs> but you're still here to tell the tale. I'm still here yeah. to tell the tale. Then you just add your rice, and then you garnish with um, sesame seeds, a little bit chopped up seaweed, and if you want, which I did, mm. a fried egg on top. Ooh. So comforting. So good. Mm. It makes the troubles of the world recede away. A recede away, I say. <laughs> and that was um, that was a good thing. And that brings us up to um, a couple things. We've got a saint for mm. today, St. Moran's Day, uh, the patron of vintners. 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 Do you know what a vintner is? Uh, it's the person who looks after the grapes. He's, no, he's the wine merchant. That's what oh, I the thought. Wine merchant. Yeah, that's oh. what I thought too. So there you go, um, vintners. Uh, but he's also uh, covers wine growers and winemakers. Yes. And it is said that he founded the monastery of St. Christopher of Altkirk. I don't know where that is. No. But here we go. Mm. This is where he got his, his groovy sainthood because mm. you've got to do something extraordinary. He is said to have lived the whole of each Lent on a single bunch of grapes. <laughs> no, that'll do. I've got enough here. A single bunch of grapes. Maybe it's this really huge... <laughs> to a day, yeah, I was about here. to say. Yeah. But um, in a more interesting development, um, casting my eyes around mm. um, non-secular type activities... Yes. I have found out that today is the day of uh, the rice god. <laughs> the rice god. The rice god. The god of rice. God of rice. Because um, if we think about it... Uh, we're in summer, Northern Hemisphere. Yes. And this is the annual rice tran uh, transplanting festival. Right. And um, and he has a name. The Shinto Rice God, Wabi Summer. <laughs> so go, Wabi Summer. Yes. More yeah. power. Rice God. God of rice. Uh, 1211 here on 3RRR. We need to get a move on. Ross and Grundy is waiting around. She's been looking on her phone. I might have um, <laughs> piqued some interest here, and uh, we might talk about what she's been doing uh, with the guide and all that sort of stuff right after this on 3RRR. And thank you very much. That was a lovely little bit of synchronicity that was happening here, Matt mm -hmm. said. Here we go. We're about to do it, and 
as one, we greased our headphones and put them on our heads. It was like this dance. And Rosalind, you were part of it, this synchronicity. Wonderful to see you. A very, very good afternoon. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Cameron. You were just looking through my cookbook? I was looking at Adam's Big Pond. I love his cookbooks, and that kimchi fried rice sounds very nice. It's so easy. I'm a bit into fermentation. I did a fermentation workshop with Sharon Flynn recently, uh, who was on your show not so long ago. Um, She is quite awesome. She is. From um, a company called The Fermentary. She's terrific. And um, what did you learn? Um, what did you take away from oh, this well, fermentation we, thing? We did this incredible um, brine-fermented uh, carrots. And mm-hmm. very, very simple, just um, spring water, uh, salt. Spring water? Hang about as in, What did you, know, you do? Like, you as in filter, to... No, as in filtered Okay, sorry. Water. Yeah, you, you cut me off at the past, didn't you? <laughs> no, no. I like it. No, Cam, don't take... Okay, so um, good water. So good water. Yeah. Um, she uses rainwater, but... The, I don't have any rainwater, so I just have to buy spring water. Yes. Um, nice sea salt and carrots and dill and a few other little flavourings. And mm. you just put those in a jar mm. and leave it and it ferments mm. just for a few take? days. It only took uh, less than a week. Yeah. By the time you like the sort of sourness of it, yes. then you put it in the fridge. And they're still crunchy and, oh, really, so delicious. And I guess one of the great things, and here we go, we've sort of gone this... I love this. We were really on a, on a tangent. But the thing that I love about getting to understand about fermented foods is starting to move away from the sweet and the salt part of the spectrum of flavor to and embrace these sour flavors, which we've foregone over the last few generations and we're rediscovering. Mm. Have, have you sort of found that? It's like rediscovering this new palette of flavour. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm not very good on bitter flavours, but I really Not a Campari like, drinker? No. Not a Negroni? Uh, no, I can't no? drink them. No, I really I'm just sorry. can't drink them. I know. It's, yeah. a, it's a disability. It's as Negroni a food coming on too. I know. So anyway, bitter's um, not in your spectrum. No, so I love sour though, and mm. I like sour more than sweet really, so... Um, yeah, the ferment, fermented food's really good for me. And where are you going to go next with this um, fermentation? I'm going to have a crack at kimchi, and I thought I might <gasps> have a go at making my own kimchi. Yeah, what a great thing. Have you got a... And a crock. As, no, I don't have a crock. And yet. this was one of the things that we got when Sharon was on last. Do, do you remember this, Matt? She was sort of mm. saying, you know, once you get into this, you start looking at jars differently. You go, ooh. Oh, hello, that's nice. So, um, what are you yeah. going to do? What, what, you'll, you will need a, some sort I know, of I'm a, gonna have to a figure that crock. Out. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to figure that out. Off shop, maybe. In the meantime, I'm going to just buy some of hers. Oh, cool. Um, and it, this is the wonderful thing because once you start doing it, you will save an extraordinary amount of money because kimchi from Chinese, well, you know, from, from groceries, let's not say where, it doesn't really matter, just kimchi. For a little tub, is around about six bucks. Yeah. And you can make probably about ten times that amount if you do it yourself. So yeah. it's it's well worthwhile. It's just time and space and room in the fridge, isn't yeah, it, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the key. <laughs> room in the fridge. All right. We anyway. need to – let's get started. Um, and I would like to ask you what's happening in the, uh, the good food gun because there's been some – Momentous changes that have been announced and um, yeah. a new direction. Yeah. So I'm now the co-editor of the national upcoming National Good Food Guide. We used to be I used to be the editor of the Age Good Food Guide. Yeah. Who's your Who are you co-editing with? Uh, Miffy Rigby in Sydney. So yes. She and I are doing a double act with the um, Good Food Guide, and we're spreading out across the nation, reviewing all around the country now. Yeah. Oh, well, does this mean more more travel for you around the yeah, joint? Yeah, it no. has been a bit more travel, yeah. Yes. And so that means South Australia I've been getting over to and I'm going to go again not too, not too far into the future, yeah. I have been told, now where was I, was somewhere, oh yeah, I was um, uh, doing a thing for Craft Beer Week and uh, we had some brewers that came in from South Australia, Pirate's Life. Big oh, brewers. I love their beer. Big, man. Mm. Um, but they were saying to me that um, there is an emerging, vibrant food scene. Well, there already was, but uh, there's some good stuff happening in Adelaide, isn't there? Yeah, there really is. 
And also Hobart. Hobart's really taking off at the moment, and Perth. And is that and part of the Mona effect that's uh, allowing that to happen? In you reckon? Hobart, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's helped kick it along. But just um, also people realising that um, you know there's beautiful ingredients in Hobart, and more chefs heading down that way. And I mean, we had Clinton Gresham who um, was cooking at Pretty Mumba a while ago, and yes. Various things. He's going down to cook at the agrarian kitchen down in Tassie too. So, yeah, I think what really for the guide, it's about acknowledging that not all the best restaurants are just in Melbourne or Sydney or Brisbane anymore, but all around the country. I know. What do you say? Yeah. You mean a reflection isn't good enough? There is more more worthy, good looking. Of course, there is. I'm just being stupid. Um, But let's think about Tasmania has. Maybe a somewhat more limited growing season, just because of the where they are geographically. Won't be for much longer with global warming. <laughs> and we have seen that already with champagne houses uh, relocating there, and that's that's been happening mm. regardless mm. about what obfuscators might say. There is a lot of people that have been just getting on with that. Um, but seafood from Tasmania is extraordinary, is it mm. not? Mm. And um, we've also just heard that a Sydney chef, um, gosh, her name's just popped out of my gosh, head for this minute. Been, oh, buddy, out Sunday. Oh, I hate that. Um, but why do you think of that? Uh, anyway, moving down to. Can um, I go across Hobart. the. Are you going yeah. across the Nullarbor as well? Yes, yeah, so Perth as well, yeah. Wow. Broom? Yeah. Uh, mm, Darwin? We've sent people to Darwin's. You don't uh, sending about, yourself up there? No, I have no. We had two, I'd be doing two of that our at senior, the end of July. Two of our senior reviewers went up oh, there. And, the senior reviewers. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and what's yeah, going on in Darwin? Uh, well, there weren't too. So, what's happening is that we're introducing um, places at places that we would score as a hat hmm. from around the country, and there weren't too many, to, if we're really honest, places that. Uh, hat worthy in Darwin, but the ones that we will find, um, you know, they have found will be in the book. And the the one thing that I've heard, I've never visited Darwin, but the one thing that I've heard about it is that the markets are closer to Asia yeah. than they are pretty much anywhere else in this country. Yeah, that's right. It's extraordinary, the, the produce that, they, first of all, they get up there and this different sort of influences that they that they have there. Yeah. So does this mean that the um the guide is going to be getting bigger yes, physically? Yes, yes, it's no longer going to be uh well, it's going to be tw- about twice the size, I think. Yeah, not uh, something you can fit in your pocket very easily. That answers Matt's question. Yes. Yes. What's that? That was my question. How how do we how do you fit everything that's in the existing yeah. Melbourne and Sydney guides without Pushing it out to more pages. Yeah, no, we're pushing mm. it out to more pages. And, and it's also going to be 500 reviews around the country, so it's quite a, hell. quite a big book. Price-wise, is it going to be a change in that? Because um, it's been a bargain of late. Yeah, it's going to be, um, I think the price is twenty nine ninety five. Mm. Um, they... They usually do some kind of discount when it first comes out. I'm not sure whether they're doing that again. I have. That's somebody to look out for, it, folks. It's because going to be a book coming out in not until April, uh, October. Yeah, here we go. We, it's that we can almost tell the time by the year as to that's one of the signposts for the year yeah. for Matt and I when we go. Oh yeah, age good food guide. All right, so that's um, a great thing to look at. Um, bigger and better. There's still the focus on Victoria, regional Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt was sort of asking an interesting question. Uh, you were asking about uh, the, the the cheaper places to eat and how they get represented. Yeah, and I guess whether, because in the existing format, it must be quite challenging to get uh, a single restaurant distilled into like three or four paragraphs. Yeah. So it's about whether um, in a, with a new national focus, you're still going to have the same amount of space to uh, to look at that second tier of restaurants. Because what, it was a couple of years ago, the, the Cheap Eats was also incorporated into the... Yeah. Into the main guide. Yeah. So we won't have as many cheap eats in this year. Just, just the whole process of incorporating all those national things and getting our heads around the new format means we haven't really had the capacity to start exploring as many of the cheap eats and the cafes as we have done in the past. But I think that's something that we'd look to in the future. Um, but 
all the other places, so for example, the Adelaide restaurants, the Hobart restaurants, they'll all be given the same length of review and, and reviewed wait. to yeah. the same criteria. So a hat in Hobart is a hat anywhere, mm. if you know what I mean. We're not sort of waiting it so that... And that's by what you said about Darwin. Sort yeah, of yeah. If, sort of if it's not, if it wouldn't be a hat in Melbourne, it won't be a hat in Darwin. So it's tough, but it's, you know, it means that people can know the standard by which all the restaurants are judged. So to misquote Shakespeare, a hat by any other name would smell so sweet. Something like that. Something like that. That's what he meant to say. That's what he was meaning. That's what I actually meant as he's trying to pull out the guide from his glove box of his (laughs) horse and cart. Um, We've we've got a few minutes left. I'm just wondering... um, I can't believe it. It's it's halfway through the year I know, already. Don't remind me. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. So um, I guess what I'm saying is that we're able to sort of look back at six months, well, five and a bit. Um, but trends, anything sort of emerging that you're able to put your finger on, um, getting out and about? I think the vegetarian thing, as you were saying with uh, Mo and Chen, and that is something that we're seeing a lot more of. Is uh, a lot more mainstream. Let's put our air quotes on. Air quote. Um, definitely doing. Um, vegetarian and vegan things mm. as a matter of course now and um and it's know, not such a big deal no no yeah. it's really not um and because so in the old days it used to be like shock horror i'm gonna have you take me to a vegetarian place how am i going to survive you yeah. know we've had protein for how many hours what time is it now but now it's it's different isn't it yeah and the other one is um wine bars the rise of the wine bar it's just like so they come back yeah they're really coming back do they go away uh well they They are back. I mean, we had a rise in bars, cocktail bars and that sort of thing. Now it's more about um, wine bars with good food. So Mm. more more of that. Great for Tinder dates, I am told. (laughs) I believe. Swipe right and have the Sangiovese. Yeah. (laughs) And the chicken parfait. And the chicken parfait. I love a parfait. No, stop it. Ain't nobody don't like no parfait. Thank you, (laughs) Rosalind. Oh, Matt's giving the wind up. All All right, right. before we do, just one more thing. Um, uh, Favourite things you've been cooking yourself? Um, I haven't been cooking myself. No? Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you're on fire, isn't no, it? No. Um, I'm doing the fermentation thing. That's the, the main thing I've been doing. But yes. Fijo, as anyone who follows me on Instagram will know that I've been going a bit Fijoa crazy. Because F- we've had um, two Fijoa trees in our garden. So I've been trying to find all kinds of different ways. They to. are so goddamn prolific, aren't I they? I know. They just keep coming. I know. So, um, Have you found anything to do with them? Yeah. Chutney? Jam, chutney, jam, crumbles, um, cakes, crumble. oh, muffins. Crumble. Yeah, they're crumble. so good in a crumble. Yeah. So peeled, uh, just put it. You don't have to par cook them or anything. You just no, really no, have to no. peel and cook them. Yeah, bit of sugar. Sugar, yeah. Is I like the them with apple. Yeah, uh, little cinnamon. Little bit. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah, cinnamon. Yeah. yeah. Does that, and does that musk sort of leave as it cooks? A li- it's, they're not as fragrant when yeah. they're cooked, but I think it's better to mix them with apple so that it just cuts down that really overt um, fragrance if you don't like it. What sort of apple? Granny, Pippin Clady, do we want an acidic apple? Yeah, yeah, I a think jazz we would. or a um, a jazz or a um, Granny Smith, I think. A good jazz. What's it up, jazz? Um, Roslyn, of course, you are welcome to um, hang around because uh, we have got Shannon and Mo coming in next. If you have to run away, we understand that. Always a delight to see you. Thank you very much. And, and keep, um, can I just say, keep an eye out for the National Good Food Guide later this year. October. Yeah, October. Um, get it early. Yeah. Because it could cost you 10 bucks. Or I don't know if we're going to do we that, but let, let's, let's say maybe. All right, maybe. Let's, <laughs> uh, let's maybe. never say never. Um, do you like salmon? Do I like salmon? Mm. Not really. Do you like no. to dance? Oh no, where's this going? Okay, it's a it's song, just, is it's it? It's just an intro, Joe. It's right. Nothing's going <laughs> to happen to you. All right, We're not going to slap you with a salmon or anything <laughs> like that. What's happening? Because uh, we've got a handsome boy modelling school and uh, they want to introduce you to a brand new dance. I had them on the wrong way. Oh, really? Yeah. Your new headphones. New it? headphones. Just getting used to them. Ooh, Ooh. new headphones. <laughs> it's a nice thing. How you doing out there? How's your Sunday? Are you driving around? Are you just kicking back? Are you still in bed? 
<laughs> Look at that. That was just the chuckle of enviousness, I think it was, uh, from uh, a couple of people that never really get to time to just loll about in bed. No! Because no they are busy. They are doing stuff all the goddamn time. We're talking about Shannon and Mo from Smith and Daughters. Welcome back. Hello. Having us. It's good to have you back, you guys. We missed you. Oh. We missed you. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah You're gosh. great fun. Look at all this compliments <laughs> flying around here. There's people at home going, oh, for God's sake, lay down the cheese. Um, They're jealous of our time with you. Oh, you're the best. Mm. Um, and uh, and you do lay down the cheese because there ain't no cheese uh, in the place because the very nature of uh, Smith & Daughters is, a, well, it's a restaurant or a cafe that just happens to be vegan. That was uh, the way that we sort of looked at that it before, was wasn't good, it? Yeah, intro. Yeah, nice. Oh, I like yeah. it. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And um, and I guess we. I don't know if you heard much of um, the very very lovely Rosalind Grundy who we were talking to before, and we were saying it ain't such a big deal anymore. Nah. I mean, really. Nah. If you're talking about any dish, we you know we are trying to prepare winter food for the segment, but the question is. What do you eat at wintertime? We eat it too. It's not a big deal. You can veganize anything. Mm. Mm. And um, so does that mean uh, you guys, um, obviously you've gone on to a winter menu because uh, it is getting, it's beautiful actually outside of the oh, moment, it's the isn't best. it? You, you know, and especially working in kitchens too, like honestly, summer is just <laughs> the worst. Yes. Working is foul. So <laughs> winter time when it is freezing and you're driving to work and it's misty yeah. and then you get to, you know, walk into that kitchen first thing, turn on all the burners, get the oven on. God, it's and the, and the heat, it becomes your friend again. Oh, it does. I know that feeling. It's like, hey, I'm just going to work next to the oven because mm-hmm. it's good. That's it. And no longer do you hang out in the cool room or, you know, mm. no one's putting their hand up to clean the cool room out in winter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I noticed that the fact that um, there's a few places now that have um, the big sort of French-style rotisseries, which is sort of like a a wall, mm. uh, well, the wall of flame. Yeah, almost like a bookshelf. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. the bookshelf <laughs> of heat and mm-hmm. flame and cooking. Um, and that becomes a really, really good place in the wintertime. So the hearth brings you closer to the kitchen. So that's a good thing. So what's been going on in the hearth? Okay, so, okay. Okay. I mean, you okay. know, generally in summer, uh, the last thing I want to do is eat, to be honest. Mm. You know, I, I want margaritas and I want <laughs> maybe guacamole. That's pretty much, you know. A, a little bit of food on the side. May, yeah, only it's, because you have to, really. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, winter time comes and all I want to do is sit on that couch and eat big bowls of pasta mm. or potatoes with a foul amount of fat in them yep. and watch movies and wake up at 3 a.m. and wonder where I am. You know, that, that's pretty much what winter time is for me. Bloody hell, I knew that's why I liked you. Mm-hmm. You're so my kind of girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and what about you? What does it, what does it mean to you, Mo? So wintertime and food for me is actually cooking because yes. I don't usually. Yeah. Uh, well, you do don't you? have to because... No, exactly. I've got a personal are, amazing this is, chef. This is the yin and yang of oh, you too. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. But doing things that I can eat over several days, things like shepherd's pies and lasagnas and things that take some time, especially for me because I don't cook. Or take time once. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then mm. you can leave and come back to, which is kind of a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, and stews. And, and shoes. Stews. Oh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to Australianize it for you because I say stew, and you're like, I don't know anybody named stew. Yeah, I don't know any stew. Shoes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm, okay. Things that take a long time on the stove. So high-heeled stews. Correct. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're good. Yeah, I've got a really bad stew problem, actually. Have you? Yeah. She's, yeah. she's probably got the worst one. Got yes. a whole, whole room full of stews. Jeez, Louise, so, that backfired. Stew fetish. Um, <laughs> That's Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. both ways. <laughs> Bring it back. We're back in the kitchen. We're looking at plates of food. This is the visual I want everyone to sort of have now. What's going at that kitchen door? during winter time and maybe give us an idea of um, some things that we can do that um, are vegetarian-orientated, mm-hmm. 
protein not necessarily needed that can warm you, fill you, sustain you through the season. Okay, so Which, um, what you doing? All right, so what probably one of one of my preferred dishes, especially one that's in the book at the moment, is a, a sangria crumble that we do. And around this time of the year, if I can use quinces as often as possible, that generally makes me pretty happy. Yeah. So, you know, we're poaching uh, the quinces in a, a red wine that is infused with cloves and orange and bay leaf and peppercorns. Bay leaf. Ooh, yeah, just to give it like a little that. bit more of a savoury edge, you know. It gives a bit of a resiny sort of feel. It's yeah, just yeah. good, you yeah, know. Gotcha. And, yeah. And then some rosemary through the actual crumble mix itself. I'm not really a sweet person. Uh, that much, so if I can kind of bring it back a little bit, then I try to do that as often as possible. Mm. Um, and then there's a beautiful. Can, you you, can I just uh, just stop you there before um, the quinces? So therefore, you would peel those quinces. You would have to poach those quinces first before you do them in the crumble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because uh, yeah. otherwise, if you put a raw raw yeah. quince in a, it's not an apple. That's for sure. It ain't gonna happen. Sister, no. You'd be pushing that shit uphill. Well, that's right. And, you know, and after we um, actually do poach the so quinces in the wine, um, I then reduce that um, and use that almost like a sauce afterwards. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's yep. very nice. Anise? Amazing. Like star anise? Star anise a little bit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That, that's cool. Why so, not? And uh, the crumble on the top, what's the secret for the crumble on the top? So that's uh, orange zest, uh, flaked almonds and rosemary. Uh, and then just, you know, kind of your basic crumble mix besides that. But with, they're with the flavours. Yeah, they're good. And in the book, there's actually a recipe for a saffron custard that you pour on top of it. What and book if would you that could, be? Sorry. Oh, oh, so happy you asked him. Yeah, that would be uh, Shannon Martinez, my wise cookbook called Smith & Daughters, a cookbook that happens to be vegan. Our cookbook, out now. <laughs> I'm just holding it up to the microphone <laughs> so people can see. It's, um, it's a beautiful book and it's also... By, you did say Hardy Grant, didn't you? It is Hardy Grant. You hit it all. Yeah, bang. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's in the book. Um, sorry, continue. I was just saying you can bathe in that sauce. Like most things that Shannon makes, you could bathe in because they're mm. delicious. But, yeah, a saffron custard, which is really – she hit the nail on the head. She's not a sweets person. So even if you came to no, dine at the right. restaurant right now – We've got this crema catalana that is infused with bay leaf. Hold the phone. Yeah, what that's did you right. Just say? Crema catalana and vegan, and crema it is catalana. exceptional. Yeah. To see a vegan actually crack into that top layer, it's probably been twenty years for most of these people. It's <laughs> amazing, but then they taste it, and it's exceptional. Like I said, like everything she makes. There's almost a Facebook mm. page just on that, isn't there? Just the <laughs> filmic reactions oh. of those. Oh, oh my god. Cracking. There's lots, of, there's lots of uh, videos. Stop crying. Come here. Give me a hug. It's all right. <laughs> you need almost a box of tissues to go out with it. Let's um, – um, I love where you're going with that because I'm not really much of a sweet tooth either. Um, but, I, yeah, like sweet things but not too sweet. Main courses, sustaining. Okay. So what are we thinking of? Um a dish that I grew up eating that my grandmother used to make me, which was because you come from a, a Spanish background, see. and it was was it it was your mother or your grandmother? My, Her grandmother was the big. Oh yeah, so my father's mother. Father's yeah. mother. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, she used to make a dish that was extremely not vegan. You know, I'm talking hooves and. Bits and all the Bits stuff that I probably shouldn't even be <laughs> talking about. There's a bit of about. bob in there. There's a, yeah, there's lots of bob in there. Dude, and, um, <laughs> get out of the dish. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I put a vegan uh, version of that dish on the menu because it was one of my most um, favorite things that she would make for me. So it's yeah. a, a braise with saffron and chickpeas, um, peppers that are cooked down for a really long time first to make like a really rich sofrito. What sort and of peppers are we talking? Just your capsicum, standard. Okay, Nothing too not exciting. bull horns or anything like that. No, just, just red, standard. Red and green. Yep, capsicum. red and green. Yep. Lots of onion, garlic, um, and then uh, potatoes, carrots, pretty much anything you want, and then silver beet through there as well, and just eaten with heaps of bread. And it's really, it's really heavy and hearty, and there's a good oil slick on the top, and it's all those things that you want. Um, so that is really mm. good in terms of like a. An easy to put together uh, vegan dish, but at and the moment we have a seafood stew on at the restaurant, which is obviously a vegan seafood stew. Yes, and um, all, all the uh, the seafood products that are in there are made from something called konjac, which is um, made from the root of a plant, and it has this amazing kind of rubbery esque texture that you know you sort of do get from things like squid and whatever. Yeah, um, and the like. 
it's so similar to the real thing. It's actually quite crazy. Mm. And the flavor is amazing. And so that's been really popular for us, um, that dish, because we took our garlic prawns off for the first time since we opened. <gasps> no. Mm. I know. Well, I figured I put it in the book, so maybe people can just have a little time out and make yes, it at home. because that's one of the things in there. And I think you have forgotten where they're actually available. Where do people get these things if they want them? The uh, the mock meats and things. Mm. Uh, generally, um, a lot of big bigger Asian grocery stores do have an entire freezer right. section full of them. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah. pretty easy, especially like if you're living in Melbourne or you know in more of a, a city areas. Mm. Um, it's really easy to find now. But a lot of that, as well as um, that sort of meat, the big sort of thing is the pulses, and it seems to me one of your faves is the. Uh, what you would call garbanzo bean, the chickpea. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, what other sort of uh, pulses are good to be using this time of year? Do you get into like red beans and black beans? We did. uh, At at the moment, the menu is uh, completely Spanish, whereas before it's been Latin in general, so South American and Spanish. And and, uh, at the moment, I have a great lentil dish on um, that is doing really well for us, and it's um, finished with PX, sherry, and then well. beautiful yeah just that really sweet raisiny you know flavor luscious yeah it's just winter unctuous even it is unctuous yeah yeah it's got all and it's, fennel it's, fronds it's, and fennel oh yeah they're nice too beautiful so good hey um just wondering there's um there's a big thing this isn't spanish this is more um um american that whole notion of these two things coming together, red beans and rice. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do... Y- we did a, black, a Brazilian black bean dish. That's right. That was yeah. really great. Um, and that comes and goes all the time because we love it and it's really popular uh, with everybody, either in a soup version or in a stew version, or we have done it with rice in the past. Um, beans and rice is something that people struggle a little bit to get their heads around just because how it looks on the plate, a plate of black beans and rice, you know. But um, we're really encouraging people and it's really more my style of cooking and food is... Um, eat it how it should be. It's really basic. I'm not trying to, you know, fuss about with it. It's, it's super rustic. It's one of those sort of things that the yeah, the more you leave it alone and, and get used to it, the more I reckon you're going to wake up and crave it very, yeah. very soon. Will that be right? Well, people in well, South totally. America eat it for breakfast. And Shannon used to make it for us when we started the deli, just big bowls of it because we're also both not breakfast people. So mm. it is. You do wake up and crave it. And we had – Red beans and rice on our very first menu, and just people didn't understand it. Mm. So that is our mission: is to definitely put things on our menus, put things in our deli that are maybe a little bit off for not just the vegan audience, but for everybody. Mm. Dishes that we just really love. And I guess this is one of the things, folks, that when you have um, two passionate people that have um, have come together and are, are doing things a little bit different, sometimes. You just got to let them take you by the hand, and you've got to just trust them to to do it because the results can be totally mind blowingly delicious. Uh, the book is still around if you uh, want to grab it. It's how much is it again? How much is this thing? Let's 40, say fifty bucks. Forty something. Yeah. Forty something. Forty something. Um, it's it's a great book, um, and um, if you want to go down there, of course, it is one hundred and seventy five. Brunswick Street, beautiful downtown Fitzroy. That's where the deli is too? Mm-hmm. Right around the corner. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, been a delight to have you guys on. Thank you. Uh, Digger's coming on. You're more than welcome so to hang sweet. around. I know, it's ping. Oh. It's the nature of radio. It just goes, and especially with this hard task master, the uh, you know grand chef de cuisine <laughs> on my right. You're listening to 3 Triple RFM. There's no more time for music. We shall not have any of that. We're going to have a little bit of... Uh, Sponsorship announcements, and we'll be back with uh, Digger, and he's also known by another name. Mm. He's an author now, and we'll find that out after this. We're going. We're going. We're totally going. 12.46. We are totally going. Oh, right. Hello. Everybody's talking. (laughs) It's uh, the... Look, it's just pandemonium when those girls come in. It is. Um, But we continue the pandemonium because we just bring back into the embrace of this radio station. Look at me. I'm kind of... mm -hmm. Um, Digger. Afternoon, all. (laughs) Hello, mate. How you doing? 
I'm really good. God, it's good to see you. It's, it's, I just, I miss this energy. Mm. I really miss, not that, you know, the kids don't have energy. And oh, they got energy. Stuff. Sometimes just, they have too much yeah, energy. it's just a different type of energy. Yeah. How are we, Jess? Um, better for seeing you, and yeah. that's uh, actually quite sincere. Um, Lord, you, you leave this station, uh, you do your job, and you've been busy. Yeah, busy. Very, very busy. Um, last you are, years. you are published. I know. It was uh, very weird. You know, have to you guys do bios and all that sort of stuff. You have to rewrite your bio and add also. It was quite a, you know, it was a bit tough because it was it was a bit of a, a bucket list kind of thing. Yeah. To write a book and yeah, and it eventually happened. It's called the Urban Farmer. Um, it is. Um, it has exceeded my expectations. Uh, Too quite. kind. No, it really, really has. First of all, it's about double the size I thought it was going to be. Um, this is really, really comprehensive, and it also has your name on it, so yeah. you, we might have to... Um, I've been outed. You, you might have to let that cat out of the bag, buddy. It just hasn't got The Urban Farmer by Digger yeah. and Series. No, no, you've got to do this right. And uh, so tell us, um, do you want to go on? No, well, my real name. Yeah, your real name. <laughs> Come on. What I was born with is, yeah. is Justin Calverley. Say that again one more time. Justin Calverley. Justin Calverley. It just doesn't sound right, does Justin it? Justin Calverley. I, I, I think we called you Justin once in our entire radio <laughs> career. And it's just, this is Digger. And Matt and I looked at you from his name. Digger. Digger's here. Right. So anyway, so there it is. Um, and what was the genesis and what is it covers just about bloody everything, but tell us, a, here you go, free kick. I've just handballed yeah, to you. Yeah, free kick. Um, well, it all, the seed was sown. I, I, seed was sown. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> hey, hey, see where you went with that? Wait, there's more. Oh, wait. <laughs> there's more of them. Um, I, this, this course, uh, this book is the result of a course that I teach over yes. at Series, hence the, the association with Series. Yes. So it's a 14-week course called The Complete Urban Farmer. Yes. So it encompasses, you know, people who, you know, there's lots of people who want to try a bit of veggies and some people who like fruit trees and yes. Some people who keep chickens and fertile fallow ground yeah, for your bees and you know people that do preserving. We're a cooking show after all, and yeah. preserving all this excess produce. Yes. So it was a course that sort of came about, and so it's putting it all together. So you can do them as individuals, or ideally the system. All of them are going to work Pay when they're, when they're in together, Why as not? what happens in nature. So it was a course, and a, and a literary agent saw the course and thought that's an interesting idea for a book. And then were they one of your clients, a literary? Agent? No, it wasn't. No, she oh. was just a, a visitor to series and was looking through the courses to do a course and I was like that looks pretty Hello. cool. Hello. Um, so what started off, you know, a few years ago is you know, we're running one course a year, now we do like six courses a year and it's it's flying and other people want it. So who knows where it might go. Bloody hell, so she said bring me Justin. Yeah. Yeah. Bring me just <laughs> and bring she me had this no Justin idea digger. Calverly. <laughs> Calverly fellow over and um, we shall do a book. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, whether you want to do one or the other kind of enterprise, but ideally if you want to put them all together, then mm. there's ways of, of, of putting a whole system together so that they help each other out, as what nature does. You know, um, I'd like to finish off this conversation. We'll bring back to the book, but there there is one thing that you've taught me. Uh, actually, there's many things you've taught me over the years of um, listening to you on the way home from the station over the years. But I guess one of those is the uh, the bum effect on the uh, on the, on the ground, and it was always the way that I was able to work out whether winter had come or not, or you know we we're in deep autumn. Was the fact that Digger said, "Look, if you're sitting on the ground and you've got a cold bum, that means the soil temperature has dropped down, and uh, and vice versa." It's uh, absolutely, and it and works. It, it's crucial. Well, it's you know plants. Don't have a calendar or a bum. <laughs> well, that's debatable. Okay, anyway, yeah. Um, so you know, it's all driven by temperature. So the reason that we know it's like okay, you know, some plants prefer cold temperatures and some plants prefer warm temperatures. Some plants prefer cold root system and warm foliage and vice mm. versa. It's it's a complicated system, <laughs> and, and nature makes it look really easy, but Botany, there, there's a lot more to it than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's you know one way that I teach people to start looking at their environment and to understand. Well, you know, now it is the time. Forget the calendar. Plants don't go by the calendar. Just feel the feel the earth. That's, it's that's a, a sense, great... and that's probably a big part. And I'm, I'm making sort of fun of it, but it's a sensory awareness, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's about understanding your senses and using those senses to help you interpret your environment and the stuff that's growing around you. Yeah, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but this whole thing, you know, we, we need to reconnect. 
Yeah. With nature, we, we, people forget mm. that, we're, that we are animals, yeah. and they're, you know we're part one little organism in a in a field of organisms, oh. um, and that you need to play the part. And you have to be aware of it. You, you have to be aware of where you are. You mean we're not special? No, we're not special. No. <laughs> we're unique, yes, and amazing. Don't get me wrong, but you know. I, in my opinion, no more amazing than a broccoli or no more amazing than a quince like the girls were talking about before. Amazing things. And so are bees, you know, and so are chickens. So I don't put myself any further above anything else. And maybe that brings us back to something that we should embrace more in the fact that, yeah, we are all part of this and we're all in this together. The mm-hmm. bird, it, It's all intertwined, but... Uh, Maybe that's going to come back and bite us on the bum if we don't do something. Um, what's happening in the garden? I haven't said that for ages. Yeah. What's happening in the garden? Uh, <clears throat> what's happening in... I'll do it a little bit deeper. Um, it's winter. We've just started. Um, what is happening in the garden and what should we be doing from a, a culinary point of view as well as the aesthetic around us? Yeah, busy, busy time. Busy. Um, oh, yeah, really? Well, we little... can't just lie in bed? No. Oh, no, absolutely not. No, it's actually you, nice to get out. should have seen the eyebrows come up. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> if only. Yeah. Um, no, well, you know, autumn and, and winter are a busy time for gardeners and food producers. There's a lot mm. going on. So, you know, um, in the early parts of autumn, it's a big harvest from, you know, all the warmer the crops. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then we start preparing for spring. But in the meantime, we've got this busy, you know, winter veggie time. So the brassica family, most people, are aware, you know, your cabbages and your cauliflowers and your broccolis for our beautiful winter soups. They should be mm. up and running by now. Mm. Um, ideally, Brussels sprouts, yeah, you know, back to the soil thing, Brussels sprouts, most of the brassicas actually like to start their life in a slightly warmer soil. Yes. So it would be ideal to get them in in, in late summer, February, March uh-huh. to sow the seeds. Uh-huh. So now as the weather's cooling down, they're a little bit more advanced and they'll start to tighten up and, and Brussels sprouts are the main ones that they need a chill hour or, or multiple chill hours. They need to chill out. Yeah. 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 And so that, that chilling down says them, okay, we're in the depths now. We need to buckle up. We've done the bulk of our growing. Then they produce their sugars. Yeah, and, that's right. And that is why... Um, as we mentioned before, yeah, that um, you've got to wait for the first frosts for um, Brussels sprouts, cabbages, they'd be cavaloneros, mm-hmm. all those. Um, they're all brassicas. Yeah, all brassicas. Cabbages are brassica. Cabbages are brassica. See, this is great. He comes on the show and we can... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always, always think it's just... It's a you know, massive family. Massive, it's a big massive family. Cool. Yeah. I think most of what we call Asian greens are also in the brassica family. So they're there too. Yeah, absolutely. Funny, yeah, so the Cousins from the north. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, do you think of the, the diversity within you know, Asia? It's a huge continent and so many different microclimates from mm. the chilly mountain tops down to the, the tropics. So, yeah, there's, there's you know, varieties of all different sorts of things. So, you know, Brussels sprouts love a chill. Mm. So the colder spot that you've got in your garden is a fantastic spot for the Brussels sprouts, whereas their broccoli cousins will cope with a little bit more warmer. They'll, they'll cope with a the frost. They've got these big you know, tough leaves. Yeah, yeah, they, um, can, they can hack it, can't they? They can hack it. But, mm. you know, um, remember, so your Brussels sprouts, what the part that you actually leave, that's, that's still a leaf bud, yeah, as opposed to your broccoli and your cauliflower, which is the you're eating the flower, flower head. Yeah, which yeah. is a later part of the yearly cycle that they go through as an annual plant. So, you know, they need more sunlight to produce more sugars to put, build up enough energy to produce a flower. So mm. some people really freak out about that. It's like, broccoli's a flower? It's like, yeah, well, it's, yeah, a, it's a tight flower. Yeah, we haven't seen it. So it's an artichoke. Yeah. It's like we've never get to see that sort of thing happen. Hey, I found out something interesting the other day that, um, you know, we have broccolini, which has sort mm-hmm. of taken the supermarket shelves by storm, we mm. could probably say. Yes, maybe. absolutely. Um, I found out that that was a selective breeding um, between broccoli and gailan. Yeah, exactly. Which is Chinese broccoli. Exactly. And they were able to... To yeah. bring that into so that you get these long stalky things with the flower heads at on. the top, yeah, and, yeah. but it's all about the stalks. See, most people with their you know stock standard broccoli, ch- you know, chuck discard that part out, and it's you know some of the, you can get a lot of flavour around all that surface area and save a lot of money. Exactly, yeah, and it's you know there's heaps of nutrient in there, so the flower is just one little part. You know? mm. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I want to bring it back to the book because we've only got a, a few minutes left and I really want to give you a free kick because 
I'm really looking forward to delving deep into this book. And um, I just, first of all, just want to congratulate you on How long did it take to actually do as a project? Um, the writing process was about, because you know, it was smack bang into it. had one little one and another little one on the way, and the second little fella was born halfway through writing it. So it was took about nine months between, and it was written between 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. at night. Wow. <laughs> Over nine months. Wow. Because that's the only time you really get it that you that is dedication. That is yeah. amazing. So everyone, so there's quiet in the house. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Or, um, and or you've been up and settled one and it's like, I'm not going to go to sleep for a couple of hours. I'll do, you know, pump out a chapter. I'll, I'll do a chapter. <laughs> um, also, uh, as well as that, oh, there you are. Look at this, look at this manhandling the, 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 the plums there. Yeah. The, yeah, look at that. That's uh, trees, that is. Trees. <laughs> It's a family show. Yeah. Um, but there there are a lot of photographs in here too. Who took all the all the photos? Um, well, a, a wonderful um, Triple R uh, volunteer, Tim Turnbull. I don't know if you guys Timmy. know Tim Turnbull. Tim yeah, Turnbull. he's around, Tim, around Triple R all the time. Yeah, um, yeah he, was, he was one of the photographers. Uh, Donna Nugent was another one from Indy Lane. But Tim did the bulk of it. And, yeah, so hopefully, you know, it's a combination of uh, – I, I'm a visual person, so some of the yeah, pictures... Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. So it's very difficult when you've got a book, you know, that started out at like 120,000 words and then start to shrink it down mm. to not be too wordy because, you know, the pictures are, are amazing. Um, so there's instructional pictures and emotive pictures, which we can't forget that food emotive production... Emotive pictures. Food is beautiful. Oh. And the food plants are beautiful. So you have the two piles. Yeah. Instructional, emotive. Yeah. Emotive. And yeah. there's um, lots of tables in there as well. Um, uh, Digger, you've been a busy bee. Yeah, as with you guys. Where does the time go? I don't know. It's just uh, one of those things. We've got an hour and uh, we try to use it well. Yeah, I think we've used it for good um, this hour. Where can we get that book from? So, okay. Oh, good one. No, Obviously sorry. all good bookstores or ABC online. Or ABC shops, yeah. I suppose. If mm. even saw one in Tajay the other day. Really? What? Yep, Tajay, Big W, really? all the big yeah. stores got it. So, yeah, you'll, it's you'll, everywhere. You'll have to sign one, and who knows, maybe we might even be able to give one away if there's any left over. Yeah. If Let that's cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> uh, Digger, don't be a stranger. You know there's um, always an open door. I'm, I know that um, there's lots of listeners who view you and the rest of the team, not to take anything away from uh, the Dirty Deeds team, but... Um, yeah, you've been. Um, it's lovely to have you on. Same, lovely just, to be back. Let's just put it that way, and um, you're welcome any time. Um, we need to move on, Matt. This has been a fun hour. I've it's had a been good time. time. Hey, coming up next on Sunday lunch, Tracy Hutchinson, of course. Did you know tomorrow is World Environment Day? I did. Yep. I was going to work it then. <laughs> um, Gavin McCadding yeah, from the ACF is coming on. He'll be talking uh, Adani coal mine proposals. He'll be talking Paris Climate Agreement. It's been in the news for wow. all the wrong reasons this week, so it should be a good hour. Stay tuned. And next week, on this particular program, Cameron Smith, Frank Kimura Fuck. from Movita. Look Whoa. at you doing all the work for me. I just yeah. have to sit here and go, yeah, well, that's right, folks. Um, wow, what a timely, um, a great time to do this interview. Yes. Um, Tracy, take it away. Looking forward to it. And also, just another big shout-out to Shinto Rice God! <laughs> Wabi Sama! Uh, just an awesome segment. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Bye, man. <laughs> this has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.